to the Josh Button Podcast. Number seven. Number seven. Okay, today I'm going to address some pushback and I'm going to provide some receipts because I had a couple interesting conversations about yesterday's podcast. And yes, I was a little fired up. I was finally delivering that stuff that was on my mind after a couple weeks. Been really busy working on other things. And, you know, maybe I was a little aggressive. But is now really a time for passivity? I don't think so. I really do not. Let's just jump right into it. Were the Kennedys killed for their moves against the Federal Reserve or their moves against secret societies? Or were they just an enemy of Israel? As it comes out more and more, little by little, that there was a Jewish handler for the uh, assassinate her of Mr. Robert Kennedy in JFK. It's clear Israel had involvement as it has become more and more clear Israel and Mossad has had involvement in many atrocities here in the United States, 9-11 included, and messaging that has brought us into war over and over and over again. And most of it on behalf of the financial system, the Federal Reserve, or against enemies of the Federal Reserve to, I guess, just keep that captured power powerful as it may possibly be. Was he killed because he talked about, I'm going to John Kennedy, was he killed because he was talking about Freemasons and about secret societies and how they're repugnant? And he uncovered or unveiled a clear and present danger to the United States and to the world for that matter, because we are somewhat the safeguarders of what freedom exists. We are the beacon of hope for freedom in the world. If you disagree with that, well, you shouldn't even be here. This is irrelevant. But the Kennedys weren't the only ones that had these concerns or spoke about them out loud. Uh, Nixon had mentioned Newsweek and the New York Times and the Washington Post, and he said, you know, that he was up against a cult, up against a tribe that was clearly against the United States and against him. Billy Graham, famous evangelist, said that their stranglehold has got to be broken, otherwise this country is going down the drain, and I think that that is proven from a religious standpoint or a Christian standpoint to be true, as now, if you're not aware, white Christian nations are the primary target of globalists and of this Zionistic fantasy of enslaving all of us in a one world, one world government and tyrannical system and tyrannical financial system, if they have their way about it. Ronald Reagan was a Holocaust denier. He said there's absolutely no evidence of the gassing of that many or any Jews in uh, Germany. Uh, Robert Ferrisson, he said that in Nazi Germany, there was most clearly documentation that the, the Reich and Hitler wanted to expel the Jews from Germany but never mentioned anything about extermination. There was a French document analyst, Ferrisson, who he was sued, assaulted, fined, 
personally attacked, kicked out of his country, his own country, because he raised such valid uh, data and valid concerns that there was a cover-up, that this was just completely dishonest. Uh, 2000, in the year 2000, Swiss scholar Jürgen Groff said, wrote a book called The Holocaust Swindle. Check that one out. He was also jailed because he had debunked the gas chambers at Auschwitz. He served a jail sentence and then fled the country where he's actually, I, I'm not sure if he's still working on this or was just working on it for several years, but is going to put out more documentation that he said will completely obliterate the narrative we've been given about World War II and about the Holocaust in specific. Fake history to guilt and to explain their solitude as a tribe that has pinned itself against the rest of the world. It's possibly why we see this this, this need, this longing for victimized, victim classes in our society. Oh, the gays were victimized. The, uh, the blacks were victimized by slavery. When slavery is a, a deep subject, if you really want to get into it, we've all been slaves. And a predominant slave trader was the Jewish people. They look, they owned the ships, they owned land, they had... M- in America, white slaves, um, the hypocrisy of the narrative that they're trying to push about white slave owners or this country being built upon the backs of slavery by white men is absolute, it's ridiculous. It's it's just non-factual. There's plenty of evidence that Arabs and Jews are the largest and the most prevalent slave traders throughout all of world history, let alone in the last couple hundred years. But the Jews most definitely dominated the slave trade for several hundred years. And here in America, there's plenty of evidence that Jews started the KKK. Nobody wants to talk about that. They want to pin it on the white male for some reason, on a Christian white male, but in Christian society, that is their enemy. It's clear and it should be evidently clear to you by now. There is no toxic masculinity. There's masculinity standing in the way of world domination by the globalist elitist, the Zionist supremacist. Is that why everything that comes out or anyone that comes out and says that is attacked so heavily, censored so heavily? It has to be. I like the saying, it says, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Just set it free. It'll defend itself. They don't want the truth out there. They don't want the truth out there so much so that they will do anything. They will blow this place up. They are, I, if you are paying attention, I think they are going to extreme means. And, it, and really, I don't know if there is a limit. Like I said yesterday, I don't think there is a limit to the extent they will go. When they know their back is to a wall a bit, and some of their plans recently have not gone the way they had hoped, intended, or thought they would. And they did think COVID was going to go much differently. I do 100% believe Trump got in the way. Trump interfered. He made them accelerate plans. He made them jump through hoops that they weren't planning on having to jump through. 
And we can get into the Operation Warp Speed and vaccine thing and, and until we're blue in the face. And if you believe one way or the other in that whole narrative, you're probably not going to be swayed at the moment. But I do believe we will have information come and disclosure come out at some point in time where we're all going to have to analyze that in from a different lens. In other words, did Trump rush this vaccine to the market so we didn't face indefinite lockdowns? And I'm talking about a decade of lockdowns. We're waiting on a vaccine for this flu. And if you think about that, that is devastating to economies. You you see all, you saw what happened here with the lockdowns and Imagine that on a grand scale for an extended period of time, it would destabilize the entire world far worse than it was already. So if he knew that this plan was in existence or him and his team knew this plan was in existence and if he tried to fight it, it would have absolutely backfired in its face. He would have been, he would have been made Hitler. If he would have come out and de de not debunked, but offered a different narrative than what all of the media and all of academia was pushing, then they would have just said he was an insane, crazy leader. And they would have, they would have, you know, painted the same picture that they have already painted uh, uh, of him. And they would have put him into a corner where he would have been facing a, a modern situation where he was the new Hitler. It would have been him versus the world. Him who was completely vilified worldwide for not attacking COVID, this issue that we were all facing, this plague. I think that's a good, actually, uh, word for it, a plague. Because I don't understand how, you know, the plagues went down in the Bible any better than this. Oh, this thing that's worldwide, everybody's facing it. It's in your faces and we have to kind of join together and go against it. It's like this whole alien invasion thing that's supposedly going to come or that they've tried and maybe we've already, maybe we've already shot that one down. That didn't work so well for him. Project Blue Gleam. Who knows? Long story short, Trump most, in my opinion, most definitely stood in their way in a lot of ways and maybe threw the monkey wrench of all monkey wrenches into their plan when he did put in Operation Warp Speed. Because then he accelerated the timeline in such a great scale that the impending doom that was set for all the world and all the economies was shortened, it was briefed up, and then their excuse to keep us on those indefinite lockdowns and to push us through all those variants and those different you know, reasons to you know, take our freedoms away was just accelerated and put into a smaller window. And you know, God forbid we didn't have the internet and couldn't share at least truth seekers and people that were commonly skeptical about all of this couldn't share that information. God forbid we were locked down and they locked down the internet or we were locked down indefinitely and it took away our ability to communicate in any way, shape or form. But let's just say that that monkey wrench was Operation Warp Speed and we got a good insight while not fully destabilized and put into a civil war type survival mode situation. Maybe, maybe I think it's, I think it's going to come out. I, I, I and I, I think this election fraud and this, you know, all this 
2020 stuff and January 6th, all that information is going to be is going to see the light of day and how much they've tried to bury and how much Congress is trying to get rid of so that we do not see what a diabolical scheme that was. And it was aimed at us. That was aimed at uh, patriotic Americans. That was aimed, that was kind of like 9-11. Had they wanted to, you know, have us taking our shoes off to get on airplane again, excuse me, but on a, on a bigger level, domestic terrorism. They're going to take our freedoms away from a false flag event. And, of course, eliminate Trump from the scene with the same plan. So they thought they had hoped. I said something yesterday about uh, Jews clearly running the world. And look, we can go through the CEOs of all the pharmaceutical companies, the CEOs of major corporations that are putting all this woke on us, the ESG, the WEF, WHO, it's clear. Now, are they fake Jews? Are they real Jews? That's a huge conversation in itself. There is a lot of information about the descendants of Cain, these Edomites, and the Kazarian Mafia and communists from Russia, and the Ashkenazis. And there's conversations to be had about the fake Jews. If you study the Bible as Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9, it speaks clearly about the synagogue of Satan that claim to be Jews, but are not. And I'm completely open to it. Very, very good possibility. But it does bring me back to another thought I had the other day. It's, if the Jewish people that follow the Torah and dis, you know, don't really go along with Zionist supremacy and don't believe in enslavement of all the other races in the world. Why aren't they speaking up? If 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 they know that this this Talmud book of law exists and they know that this other faction of Jews or fake Jews wants to enslave the world and believe that they are a superior race, why aren't the other Jews speaking up? I'm I'm I'm. My mind boggled. I'm bogged. My mind is boggled by the situation. It's back to the secret societies. If Freemasonry is Jewish, I have to ask myself: At what point do some of the Freemasons who are not Jewish and the Freemasons that start to become more and more aware of impending doom and us losing liberties and freedoms, when are they going to start speaking up? When are they going to say, "Oh"? My intention, my personal intention for being a Freemason was never to enslave my fellow man. It was to gain knowledge, maybe, that, that not everybody had, and it was to be part of a club, and obviously part of a nepo nepotism-driven club, which incentivized membership by support of each other in the network. And that's, I think you can obviously see that among Jewish people as well. They, they tend to stick to their own in business and in relationships and support systems, which I guess there's nothing really wrong with, but it is viewed as a wrong thing if whites do it or blacks do it or other groups do it. So why the silence? The silence is deafening. To me, if you follow the Torah and you're a good religious person who deems all other faiths 
what they are. Just you, you have your faith, I have my faith. It's not really a big deal. We're not at war. We're not primed. We're not primed for eventual war or battle. We're not enemies. I don't want to enslave you. If you really feel that, why are you speaking up now? And there are some Jews who you can find online who are anti-Zionists, who do not believe in the occupation. And if you either believe the Messiah has already come back and you killed him, you put him on a cross, or you believe that you're waiting on your Messiah. If you believe you're waiting on your Messiah according to Scripture, then you should still be in exile. You shouldn't be occupying that land. So we have this, we have this, I don't even, this misinterpretation or people that are purposely misinterpreting something to justify Israel and to justify the occupation. And that goes against their religion if they believe Jesus was just another dude, just a dude who was a revolutionary who got killed for his efforts. And a lot of people do believe that. Now, I mean, Jesus isn't debunkable. Jesus lived, and there's clear and clear, clear, clear evidence that the resurrection actually happened. The shroud of Jesus, that's an interesting one. It was at a museum in England. And why the lie? If, like, if you're, if you're dead set in your knowledge, why would you ever lie about something? And they just recently discovered there was... It was tampered with. The shroud of Jesus was, or I forget the actual term for it, it's the shroud that they believe was from Jesus's burial, was tampered with in the museum. There was carbon dating. I've gone into carbon dating lately. There was carbon dating that they they tried to weave into this linen cotton or something in the corner to date it differently uh, 500 to 1,000 years beyond the time of Christ. So that they could discount its um, its authenticity. Well, it's been shown now that that was tampered with, and that the actual people that were doing research on it to begin with had every reason in the world to believe it was real. They had more evidence, and these were not religious people. These were, were actually some of them were Jewish who were for it was like five or six days extensive study putting together good, credible data to debunk it. Some of them wanted to debunk it, but some of them went into it open-minded. But the collection and thought process at the end was, it's probably real. It's, it has more evidence to support it being real than the opposite, than vice versa. Until someone donated, it was several million dollars, and all of a sudden this debunking came into play. So somebody paid for it to be tampered with. Why the lie? You have to ask yourself that. I ask myself that. Why would they lie? And me growing up religious, I, especially young, I rebelled and really had every desire within my heart to debunk the religion I was raised with, Christianity. I was open to all other religions at some point, maybe not all of them, but most of them I was open to at least discovering a little bit, learning a little bit about them and finding out whether they had some insights that I wasn't raised with or whether they could debunk Christianity and debunk the religion that I was raised with. And I tell you, the Bible and Christianity is, it's really hard to debunk. And look, I'm not going to say that the Torah doesn't have, and the Old Testament doesn't have validity because Hey, it, it does as well. 
But I would say that the Talmud is festering garbage. Look, let me go into this. The Talmud, Jewish Talmud, this is the book of Jewish laws. It has all of these directly from the book. I'm going to give you where it's, where it's at and what it's saying. And I want to know this why the silence is deafening on this as well. If there's good, faithful Jewish people, why wouldn't they denounce the Talmud if it says these things? Or why would they come to at least uh, open conversation where they suggest the Torah is what they would follow and that this is crazy trash? All right, let's go into it. Sofrim 15. Even the best of Goyim should all be killed. Goyim is anybody who's not Jewish. Yab Yabamath. 98a, all children of Goyim are animals. Baba Metzia, 114b, Gentiles, that's Goyim, are not humans, they are beasts. Gadshaz, 2-2, a Jew may violate but not marry a Jew girl, a non-Jew girl. A Jew may violate but not marry a non-Jew girl. So you can rape a non-Jew, but you cannot marry them. Got it. Aboda Zara, 36b. Gentile goy girls are in a state of nida, that's filth, from birth. So they are dirty from birth. Got it. The Sanhedrin, 54b. A Jew may have sex with a child as long as the child is less than nine years old. Wrap your head around that one. A Jew may have sex with a child as long as the child is less than nine years old. There's even one part where they go into... Uh, younger than a three, it's as if you stick a needle in their eye. And we're in a place now where there's more attention brought to sex, child sex slavery than at least in my lifetime. And this exists in the Talmud. There's people that could actually justify, if they believe in this, if this is their law, they can justify those actions based upon them not being part of the chosen tribe. Think about that. The Sanhedrin 58b, if a goy hits a Jew, he must be killed. When a, Sanhedrin 57a, when a Jew murders a Gentile, there will be no death penalty. That sound right? Sound legit? Sound like equal rights of any sort? Doesn't sound like God's law I'm familiar with, like I, what I understand. Tosboth, Jebemoth, 84b. If you eat with a goy, it's the same as eating with a dog. Baba Metzia, 24a. If a Jew finds an object lost by a Gentile goy, it does not have to be returned. Agoda Zara, 22a to 22b. Gentiles, goys, prefer sex with cows. Not this one. Baba Kama, 113a. Jews may use lies to circumvent a goy, a Gentile. So they may lie to circumvent us. That would explain a lot. Would it not? Would it not explain why the media lies directly to your face if they were following the Talmud, Jewish law? Would it not explain... How the CEOs of Pfizer can sit in front of a panel of 
interviewers um, in a legal proceeding and lie directly to their faces about their product? It, it explains it to me. If that's what they're following, they're allowed to do that. So the silence is deafening. Why aren't there... Why aren't there people that understand the Talmud coming out and disavowing it and directly eliminating that from our thought process? Look, if this is your belief system, how can how can I trust you? How can how can I believe or think you say or do if that has not been denounced, renounced by you specifically? As a matter of fact, it goes back to the secret society thing. If, Freemasonry is Jewish. How can any of the up to 33 degree levels of Masons, knowing now that this is, is law in the Talmud, how can they believe their superiors? Especially if they're not Jewish, if they're not of the chosen tribe, and you're coming up in that society, how can you believe what they're telling you at every level, or at any level, or when you're recruited? When you take that oath, you're doing an oath and, and engaging an oath just to join. But they can lie to you. They can kill you. This is all part of their law. The term Zionist originated among Jewish supremacists as a euphemism for Jewish supremacy. This is a fact. This is a fact. If all the upper levels of your secret society are Zionists and they are supremacists to you. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter the oath you take or what rituals you participate in. What about this Jeffrey Epstein thing? They have politicians and celebrities and people on camera doing insanely vile acts. They capture these images and they use them to blackmail people. If Jeffrey Epstein, which we know is Jewish, and he is a Mossad agent, and he follows Talmudic law, and he's morally, or I guess you don't really have morals at this point, but if he's morally allowed to commit these heinous acts, and he's roping in Gentiles and people that do not believe, they, they know that they cannot do this stuff, and they're getting them into these compromising positions and situations and then blackmailing them forever. They're fully within their rights to do so and to lie to you to get you to the point where you've already crossed boundaries that you know you shouldn't cross. And then they're going to use all that information to blackmail you. So we, we bust this guy and his clients are proven to be celebrities and politicians and accomplices. I'm going to call them accomplices, not clients, because, yeah, I'm sure he was pimping out a lot of underage and young women, but he was also, he was also committing crimes in my book. I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to give these people a pass. They've sacrificed people. They've sacrificed innocent children. They're criminals. No matter what their faith is, no matter what their beliefs are, they're criminals. And they have accomplices. <sighs> Saul Alinsky, he wrote Rules for Radicals. When he asked about the afterlife, he said, 
he would choose. He, he had no, he said first he had no evidence to believe in either heaven or hell, but he would choose hell over heaven because he would prefer to be with the have-nots. And he was talking about virtue, the virtueless. He would prefer to be with the virtueless in hell. And he said he would engage there in the same thing he does, he has done here, and that would be organizing. Organizing the virtueless, for they probably had issues that they would like to arise with those in heaven. It struck me as almost the most profound thing I had heard, because it does. It puts a, a rational spin on what we're actually witnessing here. Radicals that engage in debauchery and heinous activity, and they can justify it all. They can justify it all. I really, really, really want to understand, or forget understand, we'll never understand the minds of these people. Even if you are raised with that thought process, if you are a child and your parents told you that you were of a superior race and that you could victimize the rest of the people on earth to justify your supremacy and to meet whatever ends you deemed appropriate at the time or whatever you were trying to get. Even then, at some point in time, somebody from the Goyim, a white man, a black man, a white woman, a black woman, would have had to have at some point shown you some compassion, shown you sacrifice, self-sacrifice for you that you would never show for anyone else. I'm, I'm aware of situations like that in my past where I've worked very, very diligently on behalf of someone else who I would later learn would never have even contemplated self-sacrifice on my behalf. In fact, they were using me all along, and that became clear as time passed, which, you know, it does us no good to harbor any ill will. It does us no good to have any negative emotion carried over in our lives. But don't forget. I, I can't forget. I won't forget that. And once you've seen this thing, this same kind of situation come and go, a few different times in your life, or several times in your life, you'll start to put together common denominators where you have to question, how and why does this keep happening? How and why are, there, are these people this way? What is it they have in common? The term white supremacy gets thrown around all the time in society now. I do believe the white supremacy label is the greatest projection there is right now. Because it's clear who the supremacists are, what, where it comes from, what their beliefs are, and there's nobody within their community speaking up against it. Their silence is deafening. It's shameful. It's shameful. I have friends, I have associates who are Jewish, who I've had great times with, 
I actively engage in training with, I've surfed with, I've hiked with, I've had deep conversations, done mushrooms with, have similar beliefs for what we want from ourselves to be better people. We have the same kind of similar drives. I want to know why you're not speaking up against persons or factions within your own community that really despise us, that view us as animals, that view us as an enemy to your kingdom. It, it's not heartbreaking, it's confusing. It really is confusing because I know that there's been situations where I could have easily called people out and asked them, why would they treat me in a way that I felt like was just completely unjustified? Well, I didn't. I wouldn't. I analyze and interpret. I take a step back from the situation and see see what unfolds post past you know that moment. There's no way that these people, if this is what's truly in their heart, don't have some kind of guilt themselves. The same victimization, the same victim identity that they wish for other people. And they are harboring irrationally is it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And a hardened heart is probably the only outcome. And then they can justify what beliefs have been handed down to them or what beliefs are shared amongst their community. I'm definitely not gonna spend every time I sit down in front of this camera on this subject, but communism and the events in history that have been distorted to accomplish this goal are, they're horrific, they're gruesome. The things that, that were, the things that weak men were manipulated into doing or standing by and being silent about until it was too late are horrific, atrocious. and. I won't be one of the people that at least doesn't have a bullhorn in my hand when possible, when I feel that the message is necessary. And we can agree to disagree on all kinds of things. We can agree to disagree on the shape of the earth. We can agree to disagree on the science, whether it's settled or not. We can agree to disagree on who our experts are and who we're going to consult on a vast array of topics. But we should agree that we should all be able to live and pursue happiness and progress and aim to make ourselves better people. And that that character is what our value is kind of judged by. I mean, Judge a man by the content of his character. Yeah. It's just what I've got on my mind today. I am 
having a friend or two on the podcast in the next couple weeks. And I think our conversations will be a little bit, a little bit different. Hopefully I'll bring a little bit more light to the table, a little bit more light to your day and have conversations that we can all walk away from with positive notes and added value. But this one can't be dismissed either. We cannot dismiss not only the elephant in the room, but society's neglect in having the conversations in, in the first place. We are neglecting very important conversations and we're not saying things that we really do need to say. I'm Josh Button. Thanks for joining me. I'm back for another one real soon. Have a good day.